This week on Beyond Stillness, Stories After Stroke, guest Greg Graham, also known as AVM Superhero, shares his story entitled, Death Taught Me How to Live. He shares about a moment in the hospital when his life flashed before his eyes and he felt total peace. This experience propelled his recovery and his relationships. He made major life decisions when leaving the hospital and rerouted his whole life. Thank you for joining us for part one, Greg Graham's story. Hello and welcome to Beyond Stillness. Stroke offers a powerful, life-changing shift in perspective. Each colorful memory creates a parable for life's greater teachings, a compass for journeys ahead, and inspired wisdom for unique growth. This radio show, Beyond Stillness, offers an hour of pause for storytelling and reflection. Ultimately, Beyond Stillness is a welcoming environment that reveres the moment beyond strokes paralysis. Still moments unite humanity and divinity. I'm your host, Molly Bucola. Today's guest is AVM superhero, also known as Greg Graham. He suffered a very rare form of a hemorrhagic stroke an AVM and his cerebellum. He is the creator and organizer of AVM Superhero Care Package, and he hosts the Instagram show, Death Taught Us How to Live. His story is an extension of that thought. It's entitled, Death Taught Me How to Live. But before we begin with his story, we take a moment of pause. Understanding that stroke offers an opportunity for transformation. While we carry parts of our pre-stroke selves with us, we are transformed by such a life shift. We ask for hope and courage as we rewrite our own life stories. May we find strength and purpose in supporting one another. Here's Greg Graham's story. Within this story, I will tell you how I learned to recover physically and emotionally. Being in a relationship that has gone arise hard enough. Now I had a stroke on top of it. The results usually turn into a breakup or divorce. I had this scenario happen to me. I sought guidance from friends, family, and therapists but none of them understood the rare dynamic, a young stroke survivor combined with marriage issues. They only knew how to deal with one, but not both of these together. My marriage ended in a divorce. In the process of recovering from a failed marriage and gaining control of my body, I have learned some important skills to help with both situations, and it all led back to me. Better yet, my inner thoughts. I still can't teach people how to gain control over their bodies after a stroke. 
I am learning how to have a positive mindset to live a meaningful life. In this message, I will talk about healing after a divorce by recovering from a stroke. When I had my stroke, I was driving my Ram 2500 truck home from my RV transportation job in Indiana. I was at least five hours away from my home in Stockbridge, Georgia, without traffic. I usually call people to help pass the time while driving. This particular time, I was talking to my mother. We were talking about her church sister that also graduated high school with me. We were talking about how this woman had two strokes and all of a sudden I started having an extreme headache. I told my mom I was in extreme pain and I made a sound of agony and she and her friends started praying for my life. My mom then told me to pull over and call 911. I had a feeling I was having an aneurysm rupture. I had a friend that survived one and told me how it felt, and this fit the bill to a T. In my mind, I thought, I was saying goodbye to my mom for the last time. I just could imagine how she felt, having to let go of her baby and praying he would live. So I got off the phone and I called 911. After I told the 911 operator what was happening to me, she asked, do you want me to call anyone for you? I gave her my then-wife number. The 911 operator put me on hold to call my then-wife. And when the 911 operator put me on hold, I went to a different place. Was it a hallucination or was it real? Only God knows. My life flashed before my eyes. I went through all the people that I would leave behind. I was fine leaving everyone behind except my two daughters. My vision paused and I asked God to give me another shot at life to teach my daughters what they need in life. And as clear as you hear of my voice, I heard, okay. And the vision was over and my recovery back to life began. When I woke, I lay there alone in my hospital room with two beds. I was six hours away from my home. I didn't know if I was. I didn't know if it was day or night. I asked the nurses to take the clock down. I couldn't swallow, walk, or go to the bathroom. I had to rely on others to do everything for me. I wanted to go outside and experience Louisville, Kentucky. It was towards the end of the year, and I wanted to see how the holidays were celebrated. Instead, my treat at the time was a gift from the nurses, a piece of ice to swallow. Little by little, I realized this near-death experience left half of my body stiff and in pain. Even though I was confused and devastated, I felt a new urge to travel the world, meet people, and experience new things. I realized in that moment I had a new chance at life. I thought, if I get out of this room, I want to see the world. All these thoughts rushed into my head, and I envisioned a new life, a full life, my life. One thing gnawed at me. I realized my wife wasn't going to be a fitting companion for this new life. 
helping me. During a stroke, I had a vision of sorts. When I felt I was going to die, I didn't have any insecurity, no hatred, no jealousy. I felt at peace. Death felt welcoming. But when I thought about my marriage, all these negative emotions came rushing in. I realized I needed to let go, for her and for me. I felt if these negative emotions wasn't around when I was at death's door, why should I live with them now? I decided that it would be best for us to go our separate ways so she could find her happiness, her peace, the love of her life, and I could do the same. My thoughts were, who wants to be a caregiver for someone they don't love anymore? Imagine your brain is still rebooting and trying to relearn how to walk, how to grip with your left hand, how to swallow. At points, maybe you are even delusional. At the same time, your spouse just wants to be with you, the person that you were before the stroke. By this time, I knew my life had shifted. This experience was so powerful. I knew I couldn't return to the life I had before. I wondered and weighed my options. Do I save my marriage or do I save my mental and physical health? This was a real question that I posed to myself. Now I was realizing that I needed to figure out how to live with a purpose and be honest with myself. Day in and day out for six weeks, no windows in the room, no clock on the wall, just three television stations. I lay there thinking, pondering, reflecting, problem solving, dreaming. What was going to come of my life? I was upset and happy at the same time. Happy that I was still alive and upset that I had to deal with my old life. I didn't want to live with any more lies. I wanted to live with purpose. The first thing I had to figure out was, what am I going to do with my failed marriage? How could I tell a person I had been with for over 20 years that it is time for us to go our separate ways? This was one of the hardest things I had to do in my life. At the time, I felt like an even bigger obstacle than recovering from my stroke. I thought of, of the difficult conversation with my then wife was suffocating and stressful, but it had to be done. I didn't rush it, but I didn't let it take its natural course either. I told my then wife, I am tired of us arguing and hoping our relationship will get better. I will give us a year, and if it doesn't get better, we need to move on separately. It might sound or come off insensitive, but I was tired of arguing with my wife almost every day for years. What I went through with my stroke made me realize that life is short and it could be taken away at any moment. I just wanted happiness. I wanted that feeling without insecurity, hatred, jealousy. I wanted a feeling of total peace for both of us. But it wasn't that simple. At the time, I couldn't think properly, so I wasn't sure if I was making the right choice. 
having a near-death experience or not, being impeccable with your words is vital. In my experience, telling people the hard truth, even if it hurts, will be accepted in the long run. When you lie to yourself or others, you are in bondage to that lie. After my stroke, I had two anxiety attacks that needed medical attention. In those moments, I realized that the lies were wrapping my mind and body bondage. The only way out was to be true to myself and others. It was easier for me to lie to keep people happy. So that's what I did before. Once I started to tell it like it is, I began to feel free. I felt like I could accomplish anything. I began to spend my newfound free time in purposeful way. I moved out of my house, sold my car, my jewelry, and started over. I was building my life as a new man. In fact, this is one of the situations that I did. My friend's mom had a stroke around the same time that I'd had one. He was her caregiver and was at his wit's end. He was exhausted, overwhelmed, and his physical health was suffering due to the stress his new role as a caregiver. I decided to visit his mom, with her permission, of course. While we were talking, her spirits was lifted. She finally had someone to talk to that understood what she was going through. As I left the house that day, I realized the importance of connecting with other people in the stroke community. Yes, those who have suffered strokes, but also those who care for the survivors. So for my birthday that year, I decided to do something on Instagram. I wanted to give back to caregivers who were stuck at home during the pandemic. I took some of my own money and bought a caregiver's basket. I asked people to nominate caregivers for AVM and TBI and stroke survivors that they felt needed a pick-me-up. I then realized I would not be able to maintain this by myself, so I asked people to donate items to be gifted for the basket. I wanted to publicly thank the caregivers and bring awareness to the works they do after a dramatic shift in their lives. So the ARVM Superhero Caregiver Package was born. Once I came to the realization that pre-stroke Greg Graham had died and someone different took his place after my AVM rupture, I had a funeral. I took everything that pre-stroke Greg owned physically and emotionally and sold it or wrote it down and burnt it. The reason for this funeral was to get rid of everything that my old life had except some of my family and friends and start life completely over. I had to release old stories that gave me anxieties. There's another example. I know I give a lot of examples. If a person comes back from a military war zone and walks down the street and all of a sudden he or she hears a car backfire, their body freezes as if they are back in the war zone. The body doesn't understand the difference between the past and present. It just reacts to a story. After the stroke, I had to release my old stories and write a new one. I started to be honest and live in the moment. 
and my high anxiety levels has been non-existent ever since. Now let's talk about being a father after a stroke. This was a very difficult thing for me, but unnecessary action that had to be done. I was satisfied with my recovery, but I was having a hard time reaching my pre-teenage daughters. I tried to be their friends, play games with them, and give them everything I had. And I realized this is not what they needed. They needed a father. They needed my wisdom. They needed to see me succeed in life. I stopped being their friend and became a father by example. I created an Instagram show called Death Taught Us How to Live. It is a place where people that had near-death experiences come and express how life is precious and inspire others to live life to the fullest. Once I created this show, I showed my daughters you can be disabled and still reach people all over the world by telling their, st their survivor stories. I also was not able to be athletic anymore with them, but I was able to help my daughter serve in tennis by picking up her balls and putting them back in a basket so she could continue servicing without taking a break. I did what I could. These were the lessons that I know that they will never forget and memories that they will always cherish. In turn, I learned to give myself to others. The act of service gave me a sense of hope and made my OT and PT easier to do because I wanted to get stronger to give more. Now let's talk about relationships. When you or your partner have a stroke, the relationship change for both involved. The stroke survivor is trying to restart their brain and can be selfish, while the other has instantly become a caregiver or a nurse or both and want to make sure the stroke survivor stays alive and comfortable. A relationship that was in turmoil already might have a difficult time surviving when the relationship is not the main focus anymore. My marriage was one such example. I was so determined to find happiness that I completely disregarded that it could be found in my current situation. I have come to realize building a broken relationship is similar to learning how to walk again. When relearning how to walk, you will fail multiple times. If you stop after you fail, you will never walk again. So keep trying. <laughs> In hindsight, this is something I didn't do with my marriage. I was so determined to let my trauma and my hurt dissolved my marriage. I didn't help. Well, it didn't help that when we went to counseling, the marriage counseling didn't have any experience with stroke survivors or caregivers. We went for five weeks and did all the assignments asked us. At the final session, she gave my wife a pamphlet about stroke survivors that said people that have strokes are completely different. That was the last straw for me. I left the therapy feeling empty. We wasted five weeks of therapy working on a normal marriage, not a marriage with one of us having a brain injury. <laughs> how did I learn how to walk again? 
I watched my grandniece and noticed when she failed at a new task, she didn't complain. She just tried again until she got it. That is how I gained my inspiration when I give up on my recovery. In conclusion, I learned in order for me to find happiness, love, and a peaceful life, and to live up to the promise God promised or granted me, I have to, one, have love and peace within myself. Two, live in the moment and not relive past traumas. Three, understand everyone has a different experience in life and I have to be open and selfless even when I am the patient. And four, not to be idle. My daughters are watching and learning from my actions and idleness. Mm, thank you, Greg. Let's take a moment of pause, a moment of thanks for the connections that we've made, those people who have crossed our paths throughout recovery, a moment of thanks for people who have shared their story and have found a new perspective, a new purpose in life. May we listen to ways that we feel called to offer our support to other people. May we use our gifts and our talents to lift the community as a whole, as Greg has done. We give thanks. Thank you for devoting time and space to listen to part one, Greg Graham's story. Stick with us for part two, Greg Graham's interview. Each colorful memory creates a parable for life's greater teachings, a compass for journeys ahead, and inspired wisdom for unique growth. This episode of Beyond Stillness Greg Graham, also known as AVM Superhero, shared his story entitled, Death Taught Me How to Live. He shared about a moment in the hospital when his life flashed before his eyes and he felt total peace. This experience propelled his recovery and his relationships. He made major life decisions when leaving the hospital and rerouted his whole life. If you enjoyed this moment of pause for storytelling and reflection, please like, share, or subscribe to the Beyond Stillness Stories After Stroke podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, as part of the stroke community, you are more than supportive. You are inspirational. Of the stroke community and have a story you'd like to share on the show, please contact us. Email molly at beyondstillness.org.